Welcome to another Welcome in real time podcast. Thirty minute mini version of the in real time show, show that airs every Saturday morning, every Saturday morning, to eleven a.m. to eleven a.m. Central. Welcome to the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show. Just ahead, it's our man in the electric chair, <laughs> Buzz Smith, who will join us with an update on the line waiting for a charging station in Florida. Mr. Mars reviews the new 22 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. <laughs> okay. <coughs> did, you, did you pack the house inside of it? Conrad has the events calendar. We'll have a look at the stories making news headlines. Howdy along with Mike out of this world, Mars. King Conrad DeLong. We need more Jeff Zekin. And our special in-studio guest, Robert B. McIntyre. I'm Don Armstrong. Glad that you could join us on this uh, Saturday. And also joining us today is, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Mr. Electric, Buzz Smith. Buzz, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Don. How are you? Well, very good. Thank you. Uh where are you? What is that behind you? What's the you? background picture? Um, that's from Fully Charged Live out in San Diego. That is the Aptera Gamma. And uh, I'd never seen one in person. In fact, uh, back in 2014, I'd written on my blog an article called Why So Fru-Fru? Because they made EVs back then look so weird. And this was one of the example cars. And once I saw it in person, I fell in love with it. That's an awesome car. Is it a three-wheeler? Yes, it is. Two front, one rear? Two no. front, one, yeah, two front, one rear. How uh, cool! Unless it's going the other way. And <laughs> interesting that they could find capacity for batteries in that. That uh, well, that it's actually got- that's one of the cool things about this car. One of the they have two CEOs, so one of the CEOs uh, got his start in uh, boat design, and so he was all about computational fluid dynamics and making it sleeker so you could get through the water. Well, the same thing's true in EVs, and so a lot of EVs. Just take the Hummer, for example. They keep adding these larger and larger battery packs, which are very expensive to get to any kind of decent range. Well, that Aptera, they're top of the line. Without going to a huge battery pack, because of the aerodynamics, can go 1,000 miles on a single charge. Well, you kidding me? Probably also a lot of carbon fiber in it as well to keep it lightweight. Yeah, a lot of carbon fiber, and the roof has... uh, uh, automotive grade solar panels so they claim that sitting out in the sun it'll gain 40 miles of range per day so some people may never even plug theirs in it would become a solar car you know for a standard commuter but with a thousand miles range you could go cross country in this thing no problem so, so buzz the, are, there's a, a college engineering departments that have they make those single seater and they have contests for uh, to mm-hmm. see who can build that sort of looks like one of those designs to me. From yeah, like the ones that the entry. Make aren't quite as sleek as this because they well, don't have the ability to get to this level of mass production. But uh, yeah, this that's one of the big competitions. And you know, you always hear about how rare lithium ion is. It's really not that rare. Uh, but especially here in the United States, we just haven't been mining for it. And uh, it's not really mining. They do it with uh, evaporative pools, so it's like skimming it off the top of a, an ancient seabed or something. But um, and do they use uh, in the U.S. We're we're getting lithium ion uh, or lithium uh, deposits like around the Salton Sea in California. So we're going to have plenty, I believe. But the uh, the issue is the design methodology. When uh, when we first went from horse-drawn carriages to gasoline-powered vehicles. Um, remember, they looked like horse-drawn carriages at first. 
and they would have the motor in the back or underneath the driver's seat or something. And over time, it morphed into what we think of as a normal automobile now. Well, now we're moving into a completely different world where the engine doesn't have to be under the hood in the front. And so I honestly think we can't really predict what the cars of the future are going to look like because all of the design rules we went by in the past are, are just going away. And, and designers have a completely blank slate to start from now. And I think we're starting to see some of the imaginative stuff that's coming. So is, is the Aptera in production? They are um, in the gamma stage of production. So they're in final testing and all. They will be in production either before the end of this year or very early next year. And they'll start delivering them to customers. So you can't really tell, but I assume it's a two-passenger or three? It is a two-passenger. That entire back area is a huge uh, hatchback area. And uh, someone my height, five foot six, could stretch out completely. Uh, a couple of people could with sleeping bags. And so think about this. If you've got a thousand miles of range, when you go camping, if you get to the campsite and it's raining or it's a really hot night, well, heck, just lay in the car, turn on the AC, let it run all night long. Let it it's eat. So are they sitting side by side? Is the seating side by side yep. or front to back? Yep. Side by side seating. So it'd be more like a standard car or what we think is a real car nowadays. Yeah, they're they're getting past some of the uh, requirements that the law requires for four-wheel vehicles. A lot of people are coming out with three-wheeled EVs to get to market faster. But Atterra has been at this, like I said, at least since 2014. So they've been at this a while. And uh, I think this is, this is going to be one of the cars to watch the fully charged uh, TV show, you know, comes to the United States once a year and it's fully charged live here. It was in Austin last year. It was in San Diego this year um, at this show. And this was really a consumer show for electronics. It's not an industry show as much. Um, that car had a 45 minute line for people to see it the entire time the show was open. And there were tons of other vehicles to see. But this one was, I think, the hit of the show. So what are you currently doing? Because we know you're extremely active in the EV community as far as educating people, educating dealerships and such. What, where have you been working here lately? Well, thank goodness, you know, COVID's dying off or at least seasonally dying off. We'll see this winter. But I've been able to actually get out in the public. So I spoke at Fully Charged Live. <laughs> I just... Uh, a week ago was at uh, Move America 2022, which is more of an industry show down in Austin, Texas. I've worked with uh, five OEMs so far, some of which I, I can't divulge the names of. But the last one I was engaged with is very interesting because they this is an OEM, not a dealership. Uh, they actually asked me, do you think the dealership model is going to survive? And uh, so the OEMs realize they have a problem in the dealership world. The dealerships right now are very mistrusting of the OEMs. For good and, reason. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I used to sell vehicles at a dealership, so I have uh, kind of split loyalties here. I do want to see rapid market uh, adoption of EVs, and I think dealerships are a problem for that. But they have a chance to turn things around. But I think in the next five to ten years, we're either going to see dealerships go away. There won't be these huge parking lots full of cars. It'll be like a Tesla store. Um, they'll have to have some inventory for the people whose cars get totaled and they need a car right away. But we may be moving into a future where you order a car like you order a Tesla today and eight weeks later your car shows up. Well, we're not really that far from that today, considering the, the issue with inventory. Um, I, I don't see the 
dealership model of four years ago of 1,200 to 1,400 units on the ground. I don't think that's ever going to return. I think a lot of these dealers like the fact that they can get customers to order vehicles online and then deliver the vehicles over a period of time. Just the manufacturer needs to figure out how to shorten that window down. Um, yeah, Conrad, we spent a lot of time looking through the inventory of other dealerships and doing dealer trades when they wanted a specific color or upholstery or special option. So I think if they, and, and isn't it weird that we had this pandemic and uh, supply chain issues all at the same time, which kind of reset the whole world. I mean, a lot of people are working from home now, at least part of the time. Uh, and people are, you know, it's just changing how we do everything. Amazon shopping, I think, is really ramped up during this time and, and ordering cars and waiting for them has become the new norm. I don't think it's weird. I think it was planned. <laughs> That's interesting. The, the oh, new, by the way, uh, that the new world order. All right, that so we'll is, save the politics for another show. Yeah. So yeah, I was talking about the wrestling group, the NWO. That, that kind of looks like one of those vehicles. If you take the body off, we see them a lot down in Galveston, the three-wheelers with the two-seater. Yeah, slingshot. Yeah. Slingshot. That's what that reminds me of. Yeah, um, a friend of mine has a slingshot. Those are pretty cool, but they are loud. Uh, Automotive News did a story this week. Uh, the title is, Here are nearly 150 EVs plug-in hybrids headed to the U.S. dealerships through 2026. And there is 18 pages of one-paragraph descriptions from every manufacturer, some I haven't even heard of. That uh, So everybody is on board, it seems, at, at this point. What is your projection? Do you think that, uh, that uh, things are just going to zoom out the door electrically here in the next uh, year or two? Yeah, I mean, especially what I'm seeing at these consumer shows, there's a lot better attendance. Uh, the Houston Auto and Boat Show this year was very well attended in the EV area. The North Texas Auto Show had an indoor uh, ride event. You couldn't drive the car, but you could ride in it. And they had an acceleration lane so that people could really experience that acceleration. And just like in the days when I sold these cars, people got out of the test drive and their entire face was a smile. And you could see the adrenaline in them and, and how it was a completely life-changing event. Uh, in fact, at the Houston Auto Show, I'd stand in front of the line that was going to the ride event and uh, or North Texas show. And I would say, I would I'd ask, you know, how many of you have ever ridden an EV before? And very few hands would go up. And I'd say, okay, m for most of you, you're about to experience a life changing event. And people would roll their eyes and, and you could tell they thought, oh, this yeah, is Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. From the guy wearing the green sequin, sequin yeah. jacket. Life changing event. Oh, Ren, that time. But uh, yeah, yeah when, they, when they came out, they would come find me and go, oh my God, you were right. That was so amazing. I can't believe it. I've never thought EVs could be like that. Um, and then. The, the actual public unveilings of vehicles are happening. So when I was in San Diego, for the first time, I got to see the Fisker Ocean in person. That oh, is wow. a really nice looking SUV. Uh, the at 